Welcome back to the Murdy Creative Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Murdy, and today's topic is scaling up. But first, I want to say thank you to everyone who's supported the company so far. If you haven't got a chance, go check us out on the web at murdycreative.co. That's M-U-R-D-Y creative.co. Or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching at murdycreative.co to see the best of our product shots. Follow us to keep up to date with our daily photos and be the first one to know about new product launches. You can also use the subscribe button at the bottom of our website to be included in all of our new product announcements. Be sure to check out our laser engraving, personalization options, and exclusive colors on the website, or you get a blank one on Amazon Prime. All right. So today we're talking about scaling up. And this actually was started because of a conversation I had the day before I went on vacation. And all of vacation, I got thinking about this. And it was actually a really good opportunity because a lot of this scaling up question has, there's a lot of technical parts to it, components to it, but a lot of it's big picture things. And it got me thinking during my vacation kind of on big picture stuff, which is good because I mean, I think one of the biggest downfalls of small business ownership is you get too close to the problem and you spend too close, you spend too much time too close to the business. And so you don't think big strategy or big picture at all, um, at least not enough or not regularly. And that's actually one of the big advantages I've had with our marketing team. So I have a weekly meeting with one of their founders, Dylan. Uh, he's, he's the one that kind of actively managed our social media stuff. Um, and he's excellent. He's got a brilliant mind. He's got a great sense of a lot of broad topics, but then he's got a lot of really, really uh, good stuff on a narrow focus as well. So I've really enjoyed using him as a sounding board for a lot of kind of the bigger picture stuff. And I mean, he as, an, as a fellow business owner in a very different environment, in a very different world with a totally different, you know, kind of labor situation and, and market in general. Um, you know, there are a lot of this kind of, there are some similarities that he's able to kind of talk through and there are some differences where he's able to provide some really interesting insights. So one of the conversations that got brought up was a real question of like an overall look at our expenditures and our, our budget problems, right? Because one of the things that Dylan pointed out when we were doing this discussion was that our labor costs were really high for other businesses similar to us in the manufacturing and goods market. And, you know, based off of their, their you know, stable of other companies that they work with, right? And I, actually, one of, that's, I, that's one of the advantages of working with a marketing company is, you know, while he doesn't necessarily share details, there's a lot of insights that he can provide being someone who, multi, who deals with multiple accounts, right? He deals with multiple different companies in different environments and different markets. And so he can look at those different companies and have, there are some places that he can kind of see different trends and different, uh, well, just different ways of doing things. And one of the things he brought up was that our marketing costs were really high. Not our marketing, sorry, our labor costs comparatively to the overall cost of our product and compared to a lot of this. And I knew that that was always going to be potentially a problem with us. And one of the things he brought up was that our labor costs were high, but it didn't seem like they were, but, but that didn't seem to be as much of a problem when we scaled up. And so what I ended up doing was I ended up explaining that part of the reason why we had as much labor as we had was not necessarily because we needed that labor to make product but that we needed that labor so that our talent pool was, was, was completely covered, right? Where we had enough people in the workshop, we had enough people trained in customer service, we had enough people trained in the admin side of things that anybody could go on vacation and the whole thing wouldn't fall apart. Because up until this point, up until about, well, January, February, pretty much if anybody, any single person on the team got sick, there wasn't anybody who could step into the, to their role particularly quickly or easily without shirking their own responsibilities. And so we were a little short on labor in that particular area. 
And so we found we hired a good all around person who has now provided it so that we actually have functionally, there's always two or three people that know how to do everything, at, at least in the various roles. And so now we are actually really stable, right? People could go on vacation. We could have people quit. We could have people get sick, right? We could have that kind of stuff and it wouldn't cripple our website. Now, one of the downsides of, of that, of course, is that there's actually a, a high level of labor and we don't have enough volume right now to deal with it. However, the way the product is designed and the way the company is structured, we could actually produce a lot more with the labor we have already, right? So because of the way the product works, because of the way our system works, we can scale up the product or we can scale up the, the output of the company without having to scale up the production labor that much at a very large rate. So Dylan brought up a question where he says, well, where does, that, where does that start to make sense? Where does your labor cost drop? You know, where does that start to drop off? And so I actually ran the analysis and that was something that we did together because he was able to provide a lot of the marketing details and some of the raw numbers from the marketing, but it was, it kind of came together all at once. And I mean, it was really partially required, you know, the, the profitability analysis that we just built. That was a huge value tool for what it provided us as far as our overall cost of goods sold. I mean, and that was a, that was a number that was actually really critical because we didn't realize that's what it was. And by finding out what that was, we were able to build formulas that accounted for that. So we were able to say, okay, look, we are going to basically have the same labor pretty much regardless of what happens. If we have no orders, we could scale it back a little bit, but not really. And if we had a million orders, we wouldn't really need to change it much, right? So we know what our labor costs is. We know what it costs to keep the lights on. We know what it costs to keep all of the software that we buy for all of the various things. So we know what all the fixed costs are associated with the workshop and running the workshop, including labor. For the marketing costs, they're a little bit variable, but for the most part, we have a pretty good solid average and we can you know, put those numbers on paper and we can kind of adjust them manually if we need to. But for the most part, we have a pretty solid idea of what that, those costs are, right? And we know what our cost of goods sold are as a percentage because we have now that, have that we now have that number and it's a pretty solid average. So what we see is this. If you know your, your, you, you know your cost of goods sold and you know your labor costs, you can create a sliding scale for your marketing and figure out at this marketing spend, at this level of success with your fixed costs and your cost of goods sold, what is your actual profitability? And we played out that marketing question at, at I mean, we went from $100 in $100 increments to $5,000 for our advertising spend on Facebook and Instagram specifically, but it's a little more of a generic point than this. And there are some assumptions in the analysis, right? There are some assumptions, which is, for example, that the trackable Facebook revenue makes up less than 50% of our overall sales in the month. And that's been true for the entirety of the time we've been tracking that number. And it's close, but for, for the most part, so we can, we can say with pretty serious confidence that that's actually a number that's pretty stable. There are other assumptions about, um, you know, things like that. But for the most part, it's a relatively straightforward model. And actually, when you looked, we, when we applied it to the previous month, it played out almost exactly like the model predicted it would, which is a, a good validity kind of thing. Obviously, that's not a ton of data, but it's, it's a good validity uh, data point. And what the market or what the, the, the marketing analysis and the model showed us was that we need to scale up pretty aggressively. Not to a point that's absurd, right? We only need to scale up by, for example, what we did last month was 30% more than what we did 
in the previous year of the same month. And that's actually been stable for all of quarter one. So January, February, and March, we were all at least 28% up over January, February, and March of 2020. And that was pre-pandemic for the most part. So, you know, it's not like we were dealing with, you know, pandemic numbers where, you know, we're bouncing back, the economy's bouncing back. And so we're seeing a growth in that regard. So because we were able to say, okay, it's not, we're, we're achieving solid growth. What it really was able to teach us was how much more than that growth do we really need to accomplish to get to a really solid and stable point? And then it showed us how much marketing dollars we really need to be spending to get to that point based off of a couple of baseline assumptions that have, for the most part, remained true. And the answer is we need to be spending a lot more. There are other pieces of the scale of puzzle, though, that come into play, right? Because it really, there's a certain number of orders we need to be doing every day that we're not hitting to really grow at a pace that is a comfortable pace and to be able to put money in the bank so that if we had another, you know, catastrophe or we had other problems, we'd be able to weather it much more stably. Uh, we wouldn't need to randomly change our product line aggressively to, to compensate for that. So one of the details uh, beyond, obviously, spending more on, on Facebook and Instagram, and it's not that simple. Spending more obviously involves launching new campaigns, dynamically trimming some of the current campaigns, developing new creative, developing new marketing tactics as far as what are we pushing? Are we pushing the what is your legacy aspect? Are we pushing the um, journaling for your mental health? Are we pushing uh, journaling as a status symbol, right? Our fancy journals are a great status symbol, right? There's a lot of pieces and aspects to the marketing puzzle that scaling up your marketing dollar spend has to take into account. So that's been one part of the, the challenge. The other part has been saying, okay, if we scale up, how is that going to affect our traffic on the website, which obviously presents technical questions? The limitations on our current platform with Wix, if we scale up rapidly now, before we flip to Shopify, are we going to deal with more problems on the transition because there's going to be more people that are going to be seeing a web page at any given time? And if that web page doesn't transition smoothly, it could lead to us having a lot of people who see the web page and it goes bad, right? So there's technical aspects on that side of things. We have to deal with the customer service ramifications, right? Because as we increase our traffic and increase our orders, it's going to natively and naturally scale up the number of customer service requests we get. So were we prepared for that? And, and what does that look like? And how much do we think that that'll create, you know, more traffic in that regard? And all of this discussion, all of these transitions are happening during our transitions in quarter two, right? So we're now in deep, you know, we're already in the first couple of days of quarter two. And so we're already starting working hard on the Q2 projects, bringing the press cutting in in-house, uh, finishing out the new workshop and getting that all set up, uh, transitioning to Shopify and a couple of other behind the scenes one that I'm working on. So those quarter th or quarter two projects are all, you know, moving along at a brisk pace and they're all kind of they're all interrelated to the scaling up process, right? Because as we bring some more of that stuff in-house, we may actually be able to cut down on our costs. Bringing those costs down actually allows for the profitability numbers to go up. And actually what it really does, and this is more important, is it drops our break-even point a lot. And by dropping that break-even point, even if we fail to achieve the growth that we want to achieve, by dropping that break-even point, it allows us to be prepared for a seasonal drop that we expect to come in June and July. And it'll allow us for us to, to kind of weather that storm better while at the same time trying new things marketing-wise that hopefully help fix the seasonality a little bit. So these are all pieces of this scaling up puzzle that comes into play. But the short answer is we wouldn't, if I wouldn't have had this discussion with Dylan, we probably would have never written out this analysis software that is allowed to create a model for prediction. 
it wouldn't tell, we wouldn't have known that we are not spending enough to really hit the marketing revenue numbers that we need to help compensate for our rather high at the moment labor costs. And it actually showed us where in the analysis do we really need to get to. And another problem with the scaling up is we can't immediately just spend, you know, $1,000 on Facebook, $10,000 on Facebook. You can't just jump the numbers. The way Facebook's learning algorithm works is you have to scale it up slowly in increments specifically so that it doesn't ruin the artificial intelligence's previous conclusions, right? The artificial intelligence associated with the Facebook advertising is sensitive to inputs and change, right? So obviously that's what it does. It's a, it's a model. But one of the problems is if you, if you scale up your budget, it actually changes the way it shows to people. And so you need to be able to have a specific growth plan that doesn't short circuit that AI and ruin the optimization you've already spent a lot of time and money developing. And, and so we've had to develop out a schedule. And, and I think we're on track now to properly scale up the company a little bit. And my hope is that we can do it in such a way that we don't face heavy technical issues and we don't have customer service issues. And I'm being very sensitive to that because it's a, it's a concern that it happens to every company as they scale. And I want us to, I don't think we can avoid it entirely, but if we can limit it as much as humanly possible, I will be very happy with that. So thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to be sure to check back next Tuesday for our next podcast. And don't forget to check that subscribe button below as well as the notifications button to be sure to get notified when we launch new stuff. If you have any questions or concerns about your leather binder or journal or folio or accessory or anything we sell, please feel free to contact us on the main page of our website at murdycreative.co. Or you can contact us via Instagram and Facebook. You can text, email, call, direct message, all the usuals. We'll do our best to get back to you as soon as possible. We do appreciate your patience. If you've got a quick question or uh, you need to change your engraving for whatever reason or you typed in your address wrong, things like that, feel free to give us a phone call, 414-434-9001. And that actually can be a textable number as well. So you can call or text us at 414-434-9001. And that's 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time, Monday through Friday. Um, if you leave us a, a voice, if you call us and you don't get us during that time or you call us out of hours, feel free to leave us a voicemail. We'll do our best to get back to it as soon as we possibly can. So it's a great way to get a hold of us. If you think we deserve it, a good review can go a long way to help us grow a new community, both a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on or a nice comment in the YouTube comments, um, but also a review on the product itself. So if you've gotten a product of ours and you really liked it, go to murdycreative.co slash reviews. You can read all of the amazing five-star reviews we have. And then you can click leave a good review. That'll take you to facebook.com slash murdercreative.co slash reviews. And you can leave a review there. We like to use Facebook because it's a third party. Make sure that we're not making up our reviews. And uh, it's a great little platform for that. Um, if you want to leave us a review and you don't have a Facebook, you can feel free to send us an email. We'll put that on the wall in the workshop. We'll definitely, it definitely helps. We really like those as well. If you're going to leave us a bad review, there's another button on that same page. That button will get you directly in contact with us. Please give us an opportunity to make it right before you leave a bad review. It's really important to me that people have a good experience with their company, whether it's just the product you didn't like or, you know, there was something that you thought was, it, it, the marketing made it seem like it was something that it wasn't. Whatever the case is, please contact us. Give us an opportunity. We will make it right. We will do whatever we can to make it right. So please give us that opportunity. Uh, if you want to leave uh, or if you want to share the community, word of mouth is the best form of advertising. So please share the company, share the product, share the, the social medias with your friends and family. If you want to get a little something for that, go to the top of the website, click login. All we need is an email and a password, and that actually gives you 5% back on any purchase you make as in-store credit, and there's a little shareable link in the bottom left-hand corner. You click rewards, and that shareable link, if you scroll down, uh, you give that to friends and family. They get $5 off their first purchase, and you get $5 of in-store credit when they make that purchase. So it's a great little share and share alike program, and it really helps us out. So definitely do that. 
you have any podcast topics you want to hear more about, send them my way. I am always happy to talk about just about anything that I can. And if, uh, if you guys have things you're curious about, ask the question. I'll do my best to respond if I can. If you're looking for multiple binders, journals, folios, accessories, or gifts, giveaways, menus, really any reason, ask about our bulk discounts available. The minimum order quantity for our bulk discount starts at five. And that can be five of one thing or one of five things. We have, it's just mix and match. It's based off the total cart quantity. So there's no limitations in that regard. Whatever you think, if you want to get five and five and five, that's 15 for the percent of the bulk discount. Um, And you can definitely reach out to us to get those discount codes and send us an email, sales at murdycreative.co, or you can fill out the bulk order, custom order uh, form on our website on the main, if you go to the the main page and you click, look at the the menu at the top, it'll be a bulk order, custom order. We have no minimum order quantities for our custom orders, however. So if you want to get a custom engraving, all you need to do is send us that image, that logo, sales, S-A-L-E-S at murdercreative.co. There is no minimum order quantity. You can get just one if you want. It's usually $15. There's no setup fees. And it's usually $15 per book, depending on the size and complexity. It can go up a little bit from there if it's a full page one, for example, versus a logo on the center. Uh, But for the most part, it's $15. And for those who are looking to get bulk discounts, the bulk discount is actually applied to that fee per item as well. So it's that that helps as well. That can bring down your, your cost. So if you're looking for those, reach out to us about that. S-A-L-E-S at murdycreative.co if you're interested. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a great day and goodbye.